0: I just create some new zones for myself and going out of my comfort zone that I'm right now because it's what keeps me alive.
1: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Baladance Dance Live podcast. I'm your host, Jana Komarnicka, and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are a regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Baladance dance art form. Plus, I really like it hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast sharing how much their experience with BDE pushed their dance career. You can have it too. Join one of the BDE experience intensives and get the training and experience of performing in lead and ensemble roles open for raksharki and fusion styles. Details and training materials for the casting are available at www.joinbde.com. Direct link in the show notes, joinbde.com. What a special surprise we have today on our podcast. Not only Jazira is back as our guest, but we also prepared a very cool, mega great giveaway for you, which all nuances about which you will hear inside this episode. So I know you are very, very impatient to already start listening, but I would like to remind that this is already second time that Jazira is on our podcast. And if you missed the previous episode go back to episode number 19 direct link will be in the show notes and listen to our first conversation because we there we talked about the very beginning of jazira's ballad and story how she got involved and also about her tricks and tips for personal training and you would love definitely to hear them because jazira is international professional dancer teaching judge organizer of the Glen Festival in Poland. For over 12 years she has been teaching regular classes of Oriental dance in Poland and master classes all around the world. You could meet her teaching and performing in over 20 countries on four different continents. In 2016 she played one of the main roles in Alice in Wonderland during a three-month tour with BDE in China and in 2017 she played the main role of mermaid and florist in Shahrazad 1001 Night Show during United States East Coast Tour. She is a multi world winner of competitions, including Atno Baladance Festival 2014 in Sicily, Polish Championship 2010, and semi finalist of Poland Got Talent Show in 2011. And this is just a very few of her awards and achievements. I have already mentioned what we talked about in our previous episode, but today we are gonna go from a completely different side, although still touching and talking about motivation and personal training. We will talk about how writing things down can improve your dance, where to find motivation for your practice session. And of course, we talked about Jazeera's latest project, the Ballet Dance Journal, for specifically targeted for your dance training and how that tool can help and improve the writing process even better and easier for you. We also talked about the production process of different physical goods including the journal that i just mentioned but also the training outfits that Jazeera started producing uh, recently too and of course we had to talk about switching such a great switch such a huge switch in everyone's dance life today is online space and teaching classes online which was on Jazeera's plans in general but they also coincided with this big transition as i mentioned overall of our Paladins field transition so much in online space and uh, at the very end you'll have another surprise i definitely had because Jazeera was talking about her desire of having more local gigs at someone's weddings etc and we decided to go in depth why and what it is and what's the benefits of doing them so all this plus as i mentioned a special surprise giveaway which you will hear about in the middle of this episode that's what is waiting for you today as usual don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends tag me tag Jazeera, so we see who is listening to us and on this note enjoy today's episode would you like to know how to get more students through the door and most importantly, retain them and earn more money? Then the solution to your questions will be Sharky, the Baladance workout. The founder of this system, Orit, shares how teaching Baladens fitness transformed her own career in a way no performance opportunities ever could and it can benefit your dance career just the same way. You also can receive class chores built in a powerful and flexible way that will maximize your results and save tons of time during prep work for the class. Join Sharky's 3-month instructor academy that features an online course weekly coaching sessions and business coaching you live with a razor sharp teaching skills and best practices for your teaching business enrollment is now open for the next Sharky instructor academy beginning october 3rd apply at sharky.com/teach. S slash teach s-h-a-r-q-u-i dot com slash teach direct link will be in the show notes oh my god i'm so so happy to welcome back to the podcast uh amazing Jazeera. so happy also to see you and to hear you and i can't believe it's already almost almost five years since we recorded our previous episode together
0: yes it's unbelievable hello nice to see you and hear you again thank you very much for having me one more time in your podcast i'm very happy to be here and talk to you and i really hope that we will have chance to meet live somewhere
1: yes i hope congratulations on the recent very successful event also uh in in Poland, I saw so many stories of people being so much in love with your organization and all the things and surprises you put together and uh, I'm very happy we we're also chatting uh at this point that you had a little bit of rest because I can only imagine how tiresome it is for organizers to put event together, especially was this your first event after lockdowns and COVIDs or did you organize anything before like that?
0: Um, it was the fourth edition of Rack's club and the previous one was in uh, 2019, obviously. <laughs> so before, we yeah. had two years before. of a break, yes, and uh, yeah, we had to stop due to the circumstances happening all around but uh, now we could come back and actually it was a very successful addition people are really probably missing <laughs> dancing live so it was a lot of enthusiasm happening and euphoria of meeting people live and dancing together in one room
1: yes yes well it's still very brave and challenging for organizers to put together still uh, because although it's way more relaxed in terms of risk of lockdowns but it's still I think that vibe of like, ah, what is going on? Can we put event or not? There are so many things going on also in the world. So uh good for you and congratulations once again.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. I actually when I decided in the beginning of the year to do the this event, I said to my husband, like we are just going to do it, even if there will be like five people, I'm going to do it because I'm so tired of staying at home of course like I enjoy teaching online uh, it's it's very great source of you know reaching to people and still being in the uh, community but uh, yeah um, dancing is in general made for happening life so yes. so I said like we are going to do it and who will not be afraid to come then they will come and then we will do as many people as we will have and it was actually much more than we expected so I'm very very thankful. To all the participants and teachers who, who decided to join,
1: mm, very happy to hear it. And for everyone who is uh, just tuning in and not aware, we actually did with you one already interview for the Balance Life podcast. You were one of the first guests. Also, I think, um, well, I don't think I know it was among first twenty episodes. So for everyone who didn't listen. Go back to episode number 19 with Jazeera, uh, and there are two reasons to do it, uh, actually three. First of all, we talked a lot about you, the beginning of your dance journey and your uh, development through different stages, and i absolutely sure for many people it's very interesting. It's like, okay, how did all Ballet and Stars started and train and do Uh, did reach the career level that they have right now. So all that was covered there in depth. We also uh, talked uh, a lot about training tips uh, from you. And I will open a little secret, which I don't usually share this, but your interview is one of the most downloaded and most listened interview throughout the history of the better life podcast and uh, (laughs) which definitely tells that people are interested both in what you have to say and also in the content of uh, tips for training and the third reason which i already mentioned we had a lot of tips for practicing at home on your own, which is so challenging topic and subject for so many dancers. And I really highly recommend the direct link I will include in the show notes. So all our listeners, you don't need to browse and search back uh, through 200 episodes to find that one. You can just click there, but it's number 19. And I really highly recommend because it's definitely one of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> And on the topic of training tips, uh, Uh, Since that was the main subject of our previous episode, I just feel like let's start with this topic because this month, literally, you had some new addition to enhance dancers' practice at home even further. You created a special journal for home practice and in general dance goals for dancers. Uh, Can you tell a little bit more about this?
0: Sure, of course, Uh, so the idea came up uh, suddenly, literally suddenly, but I think it was growing in my head for a long time and uh, it was growing probably thanks to students, like everything I guess, I believe, (laughs) everything that I uh, like produce in my life, let's say, uh, I do because some people ask for it. Uh, So uh, I received so many questions like for the last couple of years. How I manage to stay motivated for my home uh, workouts, uh, how I find inspiration, like because people don't want to get up from the couch, and how I do it. And I actually, since like forever, I have notebooks for everything. Like I'm a notebook girl, and I have everything written down. Of course, not like everything because uh, yeah, it would be a lie too. But uh, like I have always, uh, I always had a notebooks for belly dancing it was just a regular notebook, some something nice that I found in the store, not a regular notebook for school, but something like more beautiful with hard cover with some colorful pages. Uh, And uh, I was like adjusting this notebook for myself. So I always had pages for calendar to write down the events that I'm going first when I was a student. Of course, it was like events where I attended to take some workshops then some galas, some half that I was invited. Then, of course, uh, later when I was already a teacher, the events that I am invited to teach. Um, so all my like plans connected with belly dancing were in my own personal calendar that I put. In my notebook, then I had also like monthly calendar for all my uh, classes, everything like if I had private classes as a teacher, if I had private classes, being a student, I wanted to have everything in there. So I don't forget about the class. And so I had always a separate notebook for my belly dance life. -hmm. To put it all together. Of course, now it's my job too, so it's just also my planner uh, with all my like business uh, things, all my invitations, and then of course I always had like huge um, part of the notebook for my home trainings, and it was very similar, like uh, very simple. I just put a date, and then the practices, the exercises that I planned to do, and it doesn't even have to be very, you know, like full training, one hour training. Uh, It's always nice even if it's like five or ten minutes you don't feel like doing too much just get up do some ten minutes very easy exercises one minute shimmy one minute snake arms anything very often after practicing for ten minutes you even want to do more it's like oh it's it's actually nice so since I did ten minutes I can do five more five more and maybe you will end up doing like half hour (laughs) of training maybe you will decide to do the choreography to repeat choreography um, so it was engaging a lot uh doing very short workout mm-hmm. to start doing more and even if it's not if it's not if you don't have time or whatever still 10 minutes is better than nothing because if you do it many times a week you actually at the end of the month have few extra hours of training so that was huge part also i really loved to write down all the notes from choreographies. I really like liked to watch my, liked, let's say, not liked, but I, I knew that it was helpful. So uh, what I used to do, and I found it very like useful for me, was watching myself, Uh, on the video and trying to treat myself as a student Mm -hmm. and see if I don't like something like maybe my elbows are too like you know sticky (laughs) or something like this or my smile is weird Uh, or in this position I have like double chin or something like that so I used to write down these kind of notes uh, watching myself as teacher watching a Uh, Mm -hmm. students not as watching myself and being quite critical uh, but also you know soft like yeah we will fix it until I see it I can I can fix my mistakes Uh, so I used to have all of those things like ideas for the videos in my notebook for example you have an idea for let's say now reels are very common on Instagram so you have some idea on real. you think, oh, I will record it when I will be like on the beach next month in a holiday. And then you are on this beach and you forgot completely that you have to <laughs> record this Reel. So that's the thing for me too, that I write down what I want to record, uh, a Reel or a um, Patreon class uh, description, what I want to record, because I know later I will forget and it will somehow escape. I will remind after three months and I will be like, Oh my God, I had to record that. But now I don't have time or I, the song is not in fashion anymore, <laughs> whatever. So everything I used to write down uh, and then like both things that people asking me all the time, how I keep myself organized and how I keep myself motivated for training. Plus the idea that I write down everything I decided, well, I can actually create something that people will <laughs> use for writing down okay. because everything in my notebooks I did by myself. The notebook was empty, it was like plain papers and I just put sections by myself before I start to using start using it. And then I thought I can actually print something like this for me. Ah, actually I can print it for more people <laughs> so they can use it too. So this is how it <laughs> how mm-hmm. it, was, it like came out of my head, and uh, and because I had like a lot of uh, passion about it, I did it quite fast. Uh, you know, it was like the 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 moment that I came up with the idea, I just sit down to write down, <laughs> write down. See, <laughs> I sit down to write down the notes what I wanted to, to put in my notebook, and then uh, I started to create it. Of course, later it went to the graphic designer and then to the print factory uh, so we got the product now
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, it's so cool to hear uh, how many ideas and thoughts you just now mentioned that oh my god we're so similar in so many ways uh, and one of them was that even smaller session is better than none and smaller sessions they accumulate this time and they do have Uh, you will reap benefits of it, but not immediately later. And you will not even notice how they accumulate. Yes. On this note, I still have to ask you because I'm really curious Mm. for you personally right now with your current dance lifestyle, how long is your personal typical uh, training session? It's, It's really hard to say
0: because it's really not typical, a session. So there are the periods of time that I really don't have time for my own training. Like, for example, before organizing festival it's like the moment when everyone is accumulating, wanting something from me. <laughs> so I have a lot of things to do as an organizer, of course, you know, to, to organize uh, certificates, uh, trophies, to go to the venue, this and that, and write 100 emails. But then also students want to get ready. So there's a lot of private classes. Someone is asking to coach choreography. So very often it's like super busy um, time that I don't have time to just stand up and do my home workout but I am working uh, like working out a lot because I'm dancing with my students mm-hmm. so it's not my personal uh, workout like I don't write down what I want to do I'm doing stuff with students but it's of course developing a lot too still doing you know some movements with your body repeating choreographies even if you are not going to perform this it's still developing your body repeating choreographies with your students so in that period i don't do my own workouts because i have so much workouts with other people that it would be too much and then there are moments where i actually have a little like coma Maybe people are busy with Christmas for example, and they don't want too much uh, private classes so then I have much more time for my uh, home workout and Usually it's not that long. Usually it's like maybe half hour of typical like drills for belly dancing You know like shimmies kick drops some maybe drum solo combinations to drill isolations maybe half hour, but then of course I go to the gym twice or three times a week too. Uh, Then if I have a choreography uh, that I want to perform uh, on festival, I have to do a lot of like uh, rehearsals with my costume. So it's also a training, even Mm -hmm. though not necessarily drilling some particular movements, but you dance choreography a couple of times every day. You record yourself even to check uh, the costume if something is not coming out (laughs) of the skirt or something like this so it's really hard to say one particular time <laughs> of training mm-hmm. because trainings are very different from each other
1: and in terms of recording yourself and vo- watching your own video when do you typically watch and analyze it is it during the session after a separate time how does it work for you
0: Uh, I usually do it separate when I have time. Like If I record myself at home or if I have a video from, uh, for example, festival and I want to check how it went, I see some mistakes and I write them in the the book, obviously. Um, And uh, it's usually not in the moment when I practice. It can be in the late evening when I have time to sit down. Uh, I watch it, I prepare notes. And then when I have time next, you know, like next day or maybe next week, Uh, I check my notes, I remind what I have to fix, and then I practice choreography, trying to think about particular things, like, for example, smile more. And then, like, I decide, okay, now I'm dancing the whole choreography, and I need to focus on smiling much more. And maybe if I have time, I record myself and check if the smile is better now. Mm -hmm. The same, for example, some hip movements, like, oh, shimmy doesn't look big enough in this costume so if you want to dance in this costume some shimmies try to make uh, bigger movements and maybe a bit slower but like the shimmy will be more fluffy let's say um uh, so then i i adjust to the costume and uh, i do it maybe a week or two weeks later it doesn't have to be in the same time because i also believe I know it, that the brain works even not during the practice. So sometimes just watching yourself and making notes is already a lot of progress without even dancing, you know, your mistakes out, let's say.
1: (laughs) Writing down everything, uh, especially your uh, training plan do you find any extra benefits from it or because you mentioned one about just not forgetting like if you have a, a trip in a month and mm-hmm. you have an idea for your reels right now you just mm-hmm. put it in the calendar so you don't forget but if you're talking about day to day like okay for your tomorrow's training you did a session today and then for your tomorrow's training and you write it down like it's very likely that you will not really forget what the main points uh, are for your training session so what if, if you find any benefits of um, writing down everything like that uh, except of like for the memory reasons let's say not to forget i uh, like can you share like because you mentioned that this helped you to be accountable to stay more accountable and motivated. So this is not about just memorizing or not forgetting stuff, but how how you think why it worked this way for you and how it can also benefit other people in this sense? Uh,
0: I think there's so many benefits that I will probably not be able to <laughs> to count them all right now. But uh, one thing, of course, about remembering things is uh, obviously important, and it sometimes can be really a lot long time, like... I open I for example have a pile of my notebook of the combinations that I came out like sometimes I I'm just in the plane I listen to some music and then in my head there is a combo to that music and I have to write it down because I will forget so I write it down maybe in my phone if I don't have a notebook with me then maybe if I have notebook I put it in the notebook and then year later I need a combo for some particular choreography and I have this special part of my notebook with saved combos (laughs) and i open and like oh yes i decided that i want to do shimmy with this and that and that oh yeah i can actually do it so it's like about remembering but also in a very long time and you get inspiration from your old yourself Hmm. so it is very very nice to get back to the state of mind that maybe you had two years ago and you created something nice then you changed your taste of the music changed but still there are cool ideas over there so it's also nice to not only remember to do something in next month but actually to remember what you did two years ago which is really nice Uh, and then when you write down your training you can really follow your progress so you can literally see that oh like a month ago i could only put a two minutes of shimmy and i was tired already and now i write down the five minutes of a shimmy and i actually can do five five minutes of a shimmy without any problem so what is really nice is that you really have a proof of your progress on paper because uh, as we said earlier very often we don't see the progress if you practice Every day or twice a week, doesn't really matter that much, but through many years, the progress is so smooth that you don't see the progress. And I also very often hear from uh, students like, you know, I practice, I do this almost every day uh, for the last couple of years and there is no progress how do you know that there is no progress like you have to measure it somehow if you want to know if there is a progress very often other people can tell you oh you dance so much better then then you have the proof from other people telling you that you make a progress but you can even do it for yourself when you write down uh, about the choreography notes maybe they are different now and five years later five years ago then about the training sessions you see that you were not able to do some particular a combo and now it's very easy to do this combo so that's very important that you really follow your progress and actually what uh, used to help me too is to really write down my thoughts so after training if you have a bit of time you can really write down like, oh, actually, today my legs were very stiff during uh, a shimmy. Maybe I should warm up better. Maybe I have to do some stretching before session to have my muscles and fascia, you know, a bit more, <laughs> to have a better mobility for movements. Or, for example, uh, when I was doing a lot of yoga and uh, chest opening exercises, like uh, camel pose and the bridge and uh, wheel pose and so on, I've uh, realized that actually... It helps a lot with the chest movements to make the range of movement much bigger it, without actually doing the chest accents. So um, I was practicing and I thought, like, wow, my chest is like <laughs> dancing a lot. Why? And then I thought, actually, lately I'm really working out a lot for Iraqi performance with a lot of back bends, And maybe the heart opening, chest opening exercises actually really help with them range of movements for my chest so those are the things that I noticed during training and I try to write them write them down because then you have kind of like a proof and I think that this is what motivates you like when you have a clear proof of the progress then Mm. you have better motivation for uh, exercising in the future and if you don't have the proof of the progress you feel very demotivated like students who wrote me like i do it for so long and there is no progress i feel like belly dancing is not for me and if you just write down uh, your progress you would see <laughs> your progress and you would not feel so um, demotivated to uh, to practice in the future so I think this is the, the line, kind of like when you, you see the progress, you you see that it's worth practicing, so it's easier to, to get motivated and inspired for practicing.
1: Mm. It's like a combination of uh, journaling for training plan and like journaling in the sense how we yeah. perceive journaling, which is so cool because I always say uh, it's very beneficial to go back to your old videos and to see them even sometimes from half a year. You already will see within like six months very often the progress and difference if your training is consistent. Uh, Not to mention like two, three, five years ago, you definitely did have a progress. But in this case, uh, what you are also suggesting, it's a cool idea to see written your thoughts and the uh, exercises that, were so difficult for you in there, maybe your goal at some point, now they became, for instance, your warm-up <laughs> for something yes. different. And it definitely motivates because I definitely agree that progress and seeing um, improvements, it's not even about seeing perfect results, it's just seeing improvements, that's already the motivation to keep going consistent, uh, um, consistently. Because also if you see always very easy and fast results it kind of also demotivates because it doesn't challenge us so it becomes boring very often too so that doesn't work neither (laughs) we need to find that uh, um, focus on the process but process that shows us improvement and growth (laughs)
0: Yes and the the um, uh, what you mentioned about watching old videos so lately someone posted my uh, choreography of Petwenis big uh, song that I've recorded when I was in China it was I think in 2019 the last one before covid and then uh, there were like 2 years of let's say break <laughs> not not so much break for me <laughs> fortunately and then I was dancing this choreography again in 2022, because we started to come to the festival, so for two years I didn't have actually time to perform this choreography. So I danced it once in December 2019, and then again this year. And I see so big difference when the, when this person posted the Chinese video from 2019. I said like, "Wow, I dance so much better now." <laughs> so this is this is like also very motivating for me personally that. I so much cannot wait to see how I will be dancing in five years <laughs> because I know it will be better than now. So this is something that can maybe motivate uh, also other people. When they see the progress, they know that there is actually not the end of the journey. And this is what actually is motivating for me because for me the journey is uh, pleasure, not what you reach at the end. Mm-hmm. So if the journey is never ending, because you can always get better, it's very motivating for me that there is always something new. And even seeing myself right now, being a professional dancer, being a teacher, that there is a still always a space for development. It's very motivating for me.
1: And the interesting fact... An important fact to remember that this kind of progress you often don't see on a weekly or even monthly yes. basis. It's like It does need to accumulate. That's why keeping your practice consistent and finding ways to motivate you, even if you feel demotivated or down, that's so important. And uh, that's very cool that you did this new tool for dancers to try in their practices implement. And I'm very curious also about... The production side because i think for you it's also this last few years you expanded your activities a lot in dance area uh, not just teaching which i'm very curious too because you switched a lot to teaching online but also on top of that you expanded it to literally creating products and one of them is what we are talking right now the journal so for you what was the most surprising thing that you did not expect that you will need to face or deal with this in the process of creating like physical production of this journal
0: actually i must say that with journal it was very smooth like uh somehow uh you know doing this kind of product is not a big deal i mean of course like uh, i had to have all my thoughts put together on paper obviously Uh, i had to put everything to the graphic designer to create the cover to create the content inside to make everything working well later when it will be printed to not have anything you know cut out during the process the the printing place that i chose in my city was also quite fast about it and they were very helpful like when I came there they showed me a lot of productions so I could choose the type of the paper the cover if I want round corners or not round corners and many other stuff so actually it was very very smooth and I cannot even like complain about uh, one single thing in in the uh, journal production because it was actually surprisingly fast and surprisingly easy comparing to producing clothes <laughs> mm. and what
1: was in the clothes production well actually process. with the
0: with the clothing production it is it is surprisingly a lot of stuff that may go wrong <laughs> and uh, if someone uh, starts to creating their own clothes in a I mean in a bigger amount not when you just ask one designer to make a costume for you and she does it for for your posture for your body type then creating a clothes it's a lot of, a lot of uh, thinking about making the clothes fitting a lot of body types, of course. So you create the sizes, but then every S size or every M size is different. Different height, different size of chest or hips. So you have to somehow think about it then when they create a prototype for you uh you have to practice with it to check if everything is good if you are not you know lifting your arms and then the the top is on your face <laughs> suddenly or uh with the um, with the skirt that skirt is not coming up or falling down uh then choosing fabric to to really have it uh, not wrinkly too much uh and to to have like the coverage quite well. So your underwear is not visible, even if the color is quite uh, light, for example, as the sky blue that we have to, to make sure that, that it's not visible anything from, from under the costume. And then actually like organizing the fabric threads and the rubber that is in the costume is really a difficult process because somehow it's like very, very difficult to find a good fabric. And then when you have a good fabric, maybe there's not enough amount, or maybe the color actually is not as you like. So they have the color that you like, but the fabric is already a bit different. Maybe it's not stretching in two directions, maybe only in one direction. So then you have to think if it's actually worth to start the production with this fabric. Maybe you have to change the prototype because now it's not stretching. Oh, it was like, it was a lot of surprising things on the way with the producting clothes that's why it goes so slow and yeah it's it's possible to do but it's a lot of headache (laughs) doing doing your own clothes and uh, especially that uh, you know they are they are really produced for me so i don't buy and resell I really make everything and I wanted to make it perfect for me because I know I will be dancing in this costume all the time. So it has to be good uh, first for me. And I know if it will be good for me, it will be good also for students because I will take care (laughs) to do it well. So it was a lot, a lot of uh, details that I didn't expect um, in producing thoughts uh, that will happen. They are all manageable, but it was, it was like a lot of surprises on our way.
1: (laughs) What uh, was the initial like reason to spark your idea like why did you decide to go in the sudden like production of dense wear and when you were working on your first very first product did you have idea to drop it down and, and give up I was like okay let's not get into this uh, into this sphere so how was that beginning oh, at okay. the very beginning
0: Oh my god like 1000 times um... Yes, uh, actually, as I mentioned before, I try in my life to only do stuff that other people want and when they ask for it, because then you are helpful and you can actually really provide a service or a product that other people want. So with uh, my training clothes, it was that actually a lot of people kept asking me uh, about training costumes that I had on myself on my videos and actually a lot of them I had from China. And they are really not good quality. I didn't want to recommend these clothes because many of them, unfortunately, were only used in one video. And people don't even know that I had like a lot of safety pins on myself to keep it, you know, stay in the place to cover my underwear and so on. So when people were asking like, oh, it looks so nice. Can you tell me where you have it from? And like, if you will buy it, you will not be happy because I'm not happy. I just use it for the video and now it's in my closet or in the trash bin already because it's uh, like so not useful or the fabric is smelly or something like this. And I thought like, actually, it seems like people want uh, to have some nice clothes for dancing. But if I would recommend something, then I want to recommend something that is actually nice and i will not feel embarrassed if someone buy it and later is disappointed you know so i thought okay let's we can try maybe i can do the training set that i would like i would also like something that uh, flatters my body type so uh, enhance hips movement and chest movements so i made my first project and we started producing um and it was like the, the need from, from people. The same like with journal. Like mm-hmm. People kept asking. So I decided, okay, I can try to do, we will see. And uh, it, with the journal, everything was very smooth, as I said. But with the um, training clothes, oh my God, I had like 100 times thoughts that we should probably get back and not do it anymore. But then, you know, it's always like this, that you just have to go through it. And wait for the final result and when people are happy and they uh, send you positive feedback and they uh, keep asking for more then you decide okay (laughs) let's let's do more let's let's keep it going because we have to probably just get used to the new production you know the process we have to get used to new problems let's say and then when these problems will be normal for us they will not be problems anymore <laughs> they will be just normal things to to manage and it will be much smoother in the in the future and we will actually only be enjoying the the final mm-hmm. part so so that's why actually i didn't stop <laughs> i just decided okay we just have to go through it and leave it behind and then when you have the the ending of the production and starting like reaching reaching people and they give back positive feedback it's actually so satisfying that uh, you forget about about any problems that you had, and you said, "Okay, let's continue, let's continue." <laughs> this was the same with the festival. I think every organizer that has a lot of a lot of problems before festival, but after with all the euphoria and the enthusiasm from participants, you already decide to do the next edition, even if you had like a lot of nightmares before. <laughs>
1: Ah, that's. I was just about to comment. Like, I feel that's probably similar to the festival organization in terms. Like, never before. Oh yeah, when will be the next one? Yes, <laughs>
0: yes, 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 yes. Exactly, exactly.
1: And uh, uh, have you like your decision to produce uh, a training outfit, it? I'm very curious, also from the point of view, because many of our listeners maybe also either managing something like it or considering start some kind of production, regardless is it uh, trading wear or any other stuff. But specifically for clothing, uh, what was your choice? To do it something locally that you can, you know, like touch, talk to designer, address some things, uh, touch the fabrics? Or was it something like, you know, remote? Because I know, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not really involved, but I think in European Union, it's the whole set of headache of producing, and selling physical goods it's like the whole like different rules but at the same time doing it outsourcing from different country it's the whole other set of headache because you are on distance like you you you're not physically present there so if you don't mind uh, sharing because i'm definitely sure that for some people who are thinking especially after you know a few years of lockdowns that all are seen changed completely and many people are now trying to find again their place in the dance world and sometimes changing it would be interesting to know like about differences if you had any experience with different approaches and what was your choice for this
0: uh like for me it was always obvious that i'm going to do it basically in my city not even like in my country but really close that i can uh, drive a car there and uh, any day and check if everything is uh, well i think the like main reason that i didn't even think about is is that i really like to have everything under control <laughs> so uh having my print factory the graphic designer also the the ladies from the from the sewing house and everything um the constructor of the clothes too. I like to have everything close so anytime I, I see any problem it doesn't take that much time it still takes a lot of time but because they are in the same city I can drive and show uh, any moment when they they came across any problem they can call me and I can come to check so like the reason that I probably didn't even have to think about is that it will be very easy for me to be in touch very closely and go to check if everything works well if i do it even like not mentioning another country but in another city everything would happen probably through the like shipping mm-hmm. so they will ship the prototype of the costume to me i will dance in it then i will ship the costume to them with my notes and instead of that i can just drive a car put the costume on myself and show them. Constructor, Hey, look, this is a problem here and that and maybe we should do longer this one because you when I reach my hand up, you see blah, blah. So uh, thanks to the fact that it was everything in my city, it's um, like I can have everything under control and really make sure that everything is done as I want. Otherwise, it's only with the shipping, it would be very, very difficult. I would not even consider doing it in another country. I know there are countries that I could do it much cheaper uh, in the world, but it, I believe that it goes with uh, other problems that uh, you never know what you will actually receive. Like they will send you your product and if the product is wrong, like 500 pieces, what are you going to do now? Yeah. You paid for the fabric, you paid for uh, threads, you paid for making it, and then you check, and everything is wrong. What are you going to do? And if it's in the city, you can, you know, uh, you can control the process on many levels and on many moments. So uh, when they start producing tops, for example, you can come and check if everything goes well, and so on. So um, yeah, I think that was the main only reason for me have everything under control and of course pricing in european union is higher so obviously i could do it cheaper somewhere else but cheaper doesn't necessarily means better so i chose that uh, let's do it how i want it to be done and i'm sure that my clients my customers will appreciate the fact that it's uh, made with care
1: Hmm. Wow. And I just want to stress for all listeners, whenever you are buying any products or physical goods produced by other artists, especially hearing that this is relatively like new experience for them or even established at some point, it was new experience just to realize the full scale of for you, you're not only dealing with the problems of production to make the pro- that sure that the product is good, but you're also investing uh, in the batch of uh, like produced already already prepared uh, products uh, and hoping that there will be demand and interest of people specific for this like liking of people specific of this product so not only you will uh, get satisfaction in terms like uh let's say emotional recovery from all the struggles to deal with the problems of the process but you also will uh, return the money that you have to invest prior to even announcing the, oh, sales are open, uh, in order to produce all these costumes. And regardless of which, uh, like, you know, way someone chooses to produce the product, it's always uh, the whole ordeal and the whole, like, risk, a big risk of, uh, is it worth it? That's why I was curious about your experience when you were producing, especially your very first design how many times you actually thought of dropping it down and not getting involved and risking is all that uh on top of having headache so thank you for sharing that's interesting to know
0: <laughs> actually i didn't i didn't have i never i think i never had doubts that um uh, that the product will not be good i mean that people will not want to buy it because i knew that if it's going to be done then it's going to be done like I want. And if it will be done like I want, it means it will be good. So people will be happy about the product. So like I knew that if we will get to the end, I wasn't afraid that maybe I will be, you know, at my home with 500 pieces of baby dance costumes and no one wants to buy it. I knew that people will like it. So the headache was during the process to make sure that that the ending is soon which was really long time for the very dance costume. Um, so the, the, the whole process was kind of like tiring that it took a lot of time and a lot of effort, but I, I didn't have uh, like doubts that it will be something that people will appreciate because uh, as I said in the beginning, like I, I didn't start doing stuff out of my head it was always like asked by clients. Someone asked here and there and there and there. And then it comes to me, like when there is like enough people telling me that they are interesting in the training Mm -hmm. clothes, I said, okay, let's try to do it. Or here, like when um, enough of people uh, were reaching me, asking about home workouts i thought like yeah maybe they actually can can use my ideas with the with the notebook so they can they can buy it and they will be happy about it and maybe that's why i wasn't afraid about the the final part that i'm risking investing my money because somehow i felt that it's going to be good at the end the the, the process with the training clothes uh, and facing all the um difficulties in the textile uh, let's say textile uh, area business. Uh, that was something that I was thinking that maybe maybe we should drop it because it it seems like instead of focusing maybe on dancing, I'm focusing on you know finding a fabric. but then eventually again like it was because you start everything in the beginning is very hard because you have to learn but then when you have a lot of things set up you have your favorite place with fabrics you have like your favorite person who is constructing clothes you have your favorite designer graphic designer factory whatever then it goes much smoother but the, the, the beginning when you have to try everything from from the start from the very beginning find your people it takes time, because you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you will find a prince. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good comparison. Um, how many frogs did you have to kiss? <laughs> did you have to change uh, any of the uh, people involved in the process in the beginning, like the constructor or the people who are sewing or the... Uh, except of maybe fabric, uh, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, fabric stores, but I mean people involved in the process. Did you have to deal with change, oh no, let's change from this designer to that designer. Yeah, three times.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> three times before the first uh, desk where yeah.
1: <laughs> <coughs> this cafeteria may not cut out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I think to sort of summarize our little section of talking about products, mm-hmm. and you expand it, I think we have it's a perfect time to do a little announcement that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So during these few years, you got uh, two new products along with your classes, which I'm also very excited to chat. But you have training wear and you have journal, and I do have do greatly recommend all our listeners to check out both of them. Links will be in the show notes. You have a special page for training wear with awesome designs, and you have a special also YouTube video about your journal because. In the audio, in the podcast, we of course described and you heard a lot about benefits and the use, but the actual design of the journal is really impressive. I will include photo of the journal in the show notes, but if you're listening on the app, it may not show. I do highly recommend to go through the link uh, because you also recorded a video showing all sections of the journal and what we talked is just a part. It has much more. Um, as usual, when Jazeera prepares something, she delivers more than you expect. So uh, check out the video. And for our listeners, there is a special bonus that we are going to uh, do. It's one journal will be uh, given as a gift as a result of a random raffle. And all you need to do is just to share about this episode on your story. So screenshot, either you're listening on the app or you're listening on the computer or even if you downloaded audio and listen on your playlist while you're doing the dishes or maybe doing morning runs in the morning or you can just do a selfie of you uh, listening to this podcast and share on your Instagram stories. Do not forget to tag me and Jazeera. So, uh, Jana underscore dance and yours is Jazira Belly Dance. Uh, Instagram?
0: Yes. Jazira Belly Dancer.
1: Yeah. Jazira Belly Dancer. So, tag both of us so we both keep a tracker, uh, on everything. And, uh, by the end of this month, uh, we will be doing, actually, let's do it on October 1st. We'll do in the raffles. We have time to uh, share. A screenshot of this podcast episode on your Instagram stories by the end of this month. I know not everyone listens immediately. So in this few weeks, uh, hopefully most of you tuned in. So do share by the end of uh, September. Tag me. And on October 1st, we we'll. Uh, I guess let's jump on a quick Instagram live and do a very quick uh, raffle among all participants. So if we reacted with like on your stories, means you are in, <laughs> we saw your story. And on October 1st, we'll do one journal as a gift among all our listeners. So thank you, Jazeera, for offering. This is really cool and uh, um, very kind of you to encourage uh, our listeners for further practice. And also, I want to remind that in a few months, in just a few months, we have a holiday season. And I think that this journal can be a very cool gift option for your dance friends. So uh, do check it out and consider it because I think this is really awesome. This is something like practical, something unusual, but it's very, very much ballet dance related. And the design of graphics. Of this journal absolutely awesome that's why I encourage everyone go to the link and watch a YouTube video or take a look at listed photo because it's really looking gorgeous <laughs> thank you <laughs> and now we actually want to uh, move uh, back to your regular activities let's say of <laughs> actual dancing and teaching because since our last interview uh, there were a lot of changes too and you really moved online a lot like everyone moved online, but you really took it uh, very like serious and you started your Patreon account doing uh, videos. Can you tell a little bit about this transition to move online and was it due to lockdown or it was something that was on your mind for a long time and it just happened to finally be realized? It's
0: actually very funny because it, because it was like connected with lockdown by accident. Um, I actually give, online classes uh, since 2016 and uh, so uh, before it was cool <laughs> and it was again on demand because there was a student from Poland uh, from the north and she asked me if she can become my student uh, and I was thinking, but how like we are like 600 kilometers away and she said we can try on Skype there was no zoom that time and uh, I said yeah like we can if you want <laughs> and we started and actually it was a uh, really good and she actually started to do really nice progress she's by the way student until now <laughs> so since like six years already yes she's my my student uh, online uh, once per uh, week uh, so it's like really a lot of a lot of trainings and um, so i had my private classes then i said like okay i can actually announce it that i give skype classes uh, so I had few students, but that time it was not so uh, needed because we have been like living normal, let's say. And then uh, again, I had like a lot of, you see, like always it start the story starts, like I got a lot of questions. So uh, the thing is, like, I got a lot of questions about the belly flutter and I believe I kind of explained it well. <laughs> so I said, like, actually, I can make a video on YouTube to share it because I know it's like difficult topic of course I can tell it on workshops but very often once is not enough so it's nice if there is a video on YouTube so people after workshops they can still come back to the knowledge or people who actually don't have any chances to practice with me because I'm not maybe invited to their country they still have my way of explaining a vacuum and belly flattened and then I thought actually maybe I can do something bigger because so many people asked about the, it sounds funny, so many people asked about the belly uh, work, about the belly rolls and accents. So I thought, okay, let's do like, The whole challenge it will be funny i will record something uh, nice and like i will show people that actually it really it's not a magical trick that i have this kind of belly movements and they can have it too until they will practice regular so to keep them practice regular i recorded the whole challenge for one month And actually it was a moment when I thought when I thought actually I may record more because again some people ask me can you then explain shimmy and can you explain this and maybe you can do this choreography and then I thought actually I can upload somewhere my videos but to keep you know the community not like open on YouTube but to have actually like really precise belly dance students who want to learn higher level of technique let's let's do uh, something like closed uh, closed website and it was um, about patreon because patreon is like a ready platform So you don't have to create your own You know infrastructure <laughs> for uh, for subscriptions and payments you just upload videos and patreon takes care about everything else So it was easy to do. I thought it's just at the beginning. I thought maybe it's just like uh, for a couple of months and then we will see and then the lockdown happened uh, so actually, uh, because I started in March 2020, and it was exactly in the moment when the COVID hit Poland. So I had to cancel my uh, workshops that I had in March uh, in my city. Uh, and I thought that lockdown would be like one month, probably everyone thought that. So I said like, oh, uh, so maybe maybe actually people will not use the Patreon that much because we are going back to normal life in summer probably and somehow <laughs> 2 years later yeah. we still had covid and i'm still doing my patreon so it was by accident like i was thinking about it because again people were asking about it and it actually hit same date as the lockdown started so i don't know if i can say it it was like a lucky match because i don't think it was a lucky match but kind of like it it covered each other that people wanted to have uh, online classes and actually they couldn't go out uh, of home, but now they can and they still learn from me. So it's uh, probably they, like helping um, to reach students that don't have chances to study with me live uh, from all the world and they they don't have maybe festivals or workshops with me in their country, but they still can work with me through the videos so so even though we already i think are back to 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 normal and we don't have lockdown anymore still still people want learning online
1: and i'm happy about it (laughs) And just to clarify, your videos Patreon account—it's a videos. Uh, it's not like live Zoom classes. So it's pre-recorded videos that once people join, they can have access to all all previous videos. So how many videos you already have, and what people can expect inside your Patreon account?
0: Uh, right now, I think it's sixty-one. So a lot. Um, And they are all tutorials. Some of them are um, only focused on one particular movement or combination uh, and some are uh, focused on choreographies. So they are mixed um, and depending if you are a very beginner or if you are more advanced dancer, you can switch to different topics. But I believe that even the, the basic um, uh, workouts, basic explanations of singular like movement, like for example, figure eights or a jewel or shimmy, they can be also very uh, helpful for more professional dancers. For example, if you are a teacher, to find a different way of explaining movements, to get some ideas from other teacher. In this case, me, Um, how you can explain uh, the movement to your students in many different ways, how you can reach a little bit more like stubborn (laughs) students with different metaphors and showing the movement from different perspective. Uh, So I think like from beginners to even professionals like teachers, I think I have all of these people in my uh, Patreon. They can benefit from, from these videos really hard level, I guess, are choreographies, because there is the Melody of Heartbeat choreography, and uh, the most viewed YouTube uh, choreography of mine. So it's explained in, I think, eight different tutorials, and each of them are with drilling the combos and drilling the technique. So it's not just like showing choreography in 45 minutes, but it's like eight long videos, and doing a lot of drills and practicing just short part like half minute of the choreography i have some backbends workouts like a yoga yoga workouts to show how i practice my back for backbends too and there is a video with veil work but only one i guess i should do more in the in the future um, and uh, because it's like closed community it's nice that i actually can just ask my patrons what they want they vote in the poll or they write me comments and then I do what they want. <laughs> so it's it's actually, I never get uh, like lack of the ideas because they will tell me what to do.
1: <laughs> and I can definitely confirm that uh, your Patreon is suitable for all levels. I personally was a part of your Patreon uh, for a few months and I remember you actually have quite a lot of really hard stuff, difficult stuff, but the way you layer and get to it, uh, it's very approachable. It's very easy. And then you just, as a student find, okay, this is the level I need right now to work, to improve, to go to the next level for either movement or combo. And, uh, uh the range of topics, even back then it was like over a year ago. And I stopped only because of my traveling lifestyle. I was like, I cannot keep up sometimes with stuff uh, and training. Uh, but I remember that the variety of topics already back then was very impressive, and within this like year-ish or whatever it was, I can only imagine how many more cool stuff you have added there. So uh, that's really cool. What was the most, or is the most challenging aspect of uh, um, recording online classes like this? And why did you decide not to go with a more traditional live Zoom classes that stays as recording afterwards? Um, the, the biggest struggle are my neighbors,
0: that they always want to do the reconstruction of their flat during me recording classes. Uh, if I could do a blooper video just from their drilling walls, I could have like one hour of bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's I think like the most um, the most challenging is like the technical stuff because as I said, like I have a lot of ideas just coming out of the students. They always tell me what they want me to record, so this is safe for like ne- next 10 years. <laughs> but then uh, the the technical things like uh, my neighbors or the reconstruction on, of the elevator for like literally two months every day drilling the you know the the the, the house. Uh, sometimes the mic is not charged enough and I realize after recording the whole video (laughs) I'm really angry after so so stuff like this uh, are the most challenging and actually I um, I do some workshops for my patrons uh, live on zoom and they are like closed zoom classes only for them so they got the link and they joined And this workshop is for free. So it's like as my thanks for them to being with me all the time and learning from me. The workshop is extra. So I do the Zoom classes live too. uh, And
1: uh, sometimes I give the link to the recording for maybe one week. As I mentioned, you always deliver more than people expect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: But... uh, uh but uh, i decided to do the pre-recorded classes because then there is let's say not the interruption of of a students i mean if it's a live workshop people have uh, questions and and when someone is watching later is not not necessarily maybe interested in these questions when i have a pre-recorded class i can tell everything that i want and Believing that everything is like needed. So, saying this like, some people really like uh, live classes, live, I mean, live Zoom classes, because they want the interaction. And some people prefer pre-recorded classes because they don't want the interaction they want to play it when uh, there is a time they don't want the introduction like hey how are you the weather is nice you know <laughs> like when sometimes like in the recording you have everything that later you have a chat and, and so on so like uh, pre-recorded classes are quite compact because you just squeeze everything in half hour so um, I did both uh, in, during covid uh, the zoom live classes open to everyone they could they could join the classes uh, during sunday because on sunday you are not supposed to drill a wall so there were like um, sunday workshops if someone really likes to attend live and see me live on zoom and talk to me and then there are pre recorded classes if someone doesn't feel like you know live classes are for them and they want to have access to the videos anytime they want and they can play it 100 times so I think like doing both can satisfy a lot of people, and actually a lot of people do both. So, like um, a lot of my patrons took take workshops, and a lot of people who take workshops they later join Patreon. So, so it's like both <laughs> for many of, mm. of people.
1: Mm, that's cool. So at this point of your dance journey, a dance career, you have many different hats. You are. Uh, international traveling teacher. We are back to international festivals. You're a festival organizer. You are uh, actual teacher, like for regular classes. with your Patreon account and your workshops. And now you have two more hats of producer of Train and Wear, and producer of this awesome new product, completely new product uh, journal for belly dancers uh do you think about any other new hats to put on your head in the nearest future (laughs) Uh,
0: i don't know because there there is a lot of ideas that they die and some ideas they just jump immediately like the one with journal and then they they just got real like done during a couple of months um I don't know if there is too much time for more. For example, I would really like to have more gigs, uh, you know, just uh, commercial shows, uh, for example, in Poland. But then it's really hard to match it with all the traveling to to find the time, because if I got some invitations, very often I'm already booked for some festival. So if someone wants me to dance in their wedding, I'm already booked, for example, to Germany for a festival, let's say so not everything can be done <laughs> uh, not, not all the fields can be done uh, in the same time because uh, you are just one person
1: <laughs> okay okay but here I want to actually slow down because that's unexpected uh, why that's a question that most likely many listeners right now have why would you like to have more gigs because on the festival uh, let's say world a many dancers they kind of feel it's opposites other way around you start maybe with local gigs but you want to grow up as international teacher going from festival to festival and now hearing from you who has international career and you reputable teacher invited all around the world and suddenly you're talking that you would like to have more gigs performing at someone's wedding in, in like your city or in poland in general why what's what's calling there for you <laughs> Um,
0: well, one thing in general is that I like my life to be interesting. So when, when you have a lot of different fields that you work in, it's interesting. That's why maybe I do so many things because it's interesting. Like if you keep doing one thing for me personally, because there are people who enjoy it. But for me personally, doing one thing all the time would be probably boring at some point. And I would not feel the sparkle anymore and butterflies in my belly (laughs) and I like to feel them. So then maybe I just create some new zones for myself and going out of my comfort zone that I'm right now because it's what keeps me alive. So, um, because I don't have too much gigs right now, I, you know, maybe I have one or two per year in my uh, country and sometimes I have couples outside, like uh, I was dancing in Morocco or in Bulgaria or in Ukraine on a uh, private corporate party uh, gigs. So it is actually really interesting, it's actually, you know, different environment, meeting other people, I would just like to have it to have more interesting things in my life. Uh, I actually really like to perform for people out of the community. Um, I also kind of, maybe it's a bit not modest, but I feel like I'm good representation of belly dancing to people who are not from belly dance community. So to be able to perform belly dancing at a wedding when people don't know what is belly dancing. It's nice maybe if I can drag a few girls <laughs> to join classes in their own city or in their own country and join us, our belly dance community. So there is plenty of reasons, but I guess like having life interesting is one of them <laughs> the most important.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. That's uh, that's cool. Cool to hear. And I'm very happy to hear too, because that's indeed very important also for professional dancers uh, to be in the environments to perform for general audience because that's where stereotypes actually break if all professional dancers just go to the uh like festival scene or they only go to Cairo let's say then all the people around the world who we are complaining oh they so do so many stereotypes that all belly dancers just shaking uh hips in the like hip scarf with coins and that's it that's where they will be left with because that will be only not really that professional dancers performing or people who don't even didn't even study belly dance they just think it's shaking hips in the belt that's what the general audience will see they will be laughed at at events i think the restaurants and the gigs like weddings or corporate gigs and that's the main entry point for ballet dancers to be in touch really with general audience because those guys they will not come to guys or ladies they will not come to ballet dance <coughs> concert you need already to, to be aware that there is a such thing as ballet dance gala show somewhere you need to yes. search for it and uh, but they will go to let's say arabic restaurant or they will come to someone's wedding who may invite ballet dancers so and that's the most satisfying thing after such a gig, to hear from someone like, oh my god, I did not expect that ballad dance can be like this, that's like yeah. the most satisfying in terms of you really can represent belly dance and change someone, literally change someone's opinion about ballad dance, it may feel like, oh, it's just, I don't know, how many hundred people at the wedding, that's it, not much, but it is actually much because it kind of spreads afterwards.
0: Yeah. And I I very often like to suggest that I will give a short, funny class after my show. So if I have a gig on the wedding, I usually have two entrances. One is like seven minutes and uh, with the other one I I have five minutes only. But I love to see how the guests are sweating with effort trying to do correct movements. And I really like them to realize how difficult it is because you know, when they see a professional dancer playing really well, like, you know, you're smiling, you are doing very difficult uh, stuff with smiley face, poker face, and no one knows how difficult it is. They may think like, Oh, it's actually nice. I can shake my boobs too. (laughs) And then okay let's dance together let's shake boobs together and they realize it's not easy at all and you see like they are sweating on their faces trying to combine shimmy and snake arms uh, so it's actually it's actually funny and they very often later come and say like they had no idea how difficult it is and how many years you have to spend to master it to such level so they thanks very like very much for they thank very much for showing them this part and this is something that I really like to hear and I I feel like yes at least couple of people are dragged now into belly dancing so um yeah like I I wish I had uh, more gigs of course like well paid gigs as as all of us we want and uh, not not in the same time when I have my festivals so I don't have to choose then uh, I would be happy to have it have it more yeah
1: mm-hmm. That's so interesting and thank you so much for this Really, uh, I feel it was a conversation about different facets of uh, belly dance activity and all the range of stuff that we can do because we briefly, but we literally talked about starting from festival organization, like more traditional to suddenly creating completely new product on the market, like journal, let's say. And uh, uh, this is, I think, a very useful and uh, important for dancers to remember because uh, it's not just one path in ballet dance uh, world, it's not just like performing uh, at gigs or performing at international like uh, festivals, there's always so much more to the ballet world, and you can find your own path, and in many cases you can even combine different activities, like the example of you, like I don't know how many, five, seven different things you have right now. And I bet you probably didn't talk about something. Uh... Oh,
0: no, it came, I, yeah, it came to my mind because you asked me about different ideas. So mm. I have one that I forgot. See, like I have to write it down. Um, actually, literally there were like um, three, I guess at least three people who asked me in the last couple of weeks directly if I'm going to prepare something like a belly dance retreat that they would like to go out with me to some other country to stay there for one week, maybe to have some belly dance classes, but then also spend time together and maybe have like, you know, a barbecue or some uh, excursions. And I thought actually it would be like great because I both love dancing and traveling. So it would be really cool to actually make people meet, uh, like, make them in one place uh, with belly dance classes, but then maybe uh, go to see some beautiful waterfalls together or do some you know boat trip or something like this so this is something that is like um swirling in my brain for the last couple of weeks because again because people are telling me so that's a great source of ideas clients
1: <laughs> so sounds like 2023 may be very excited uh, exciting year and full of new uh, adventures and new projects <laughs>
0: Yeah, we will see. We will see. But it's always like nice to nice to hear it from people what they need. And then you provide it instead of doing reverse. Because then you know that you will have like someone who will, will be happy about what you give to the world.
1: Well, I am very excited for you. And I wish you good luck with all your current projects and with all your upcoming projects, whichever they are. In your head already, or on the way to your brain? <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all of them, and just want to remind our listeners to go check the episode number one because it was very mo- episode number 19, but interview number one with Jazeera uh, because it was very full of many extra. Practical tips for your training sessions and to keep you accountable and motivated. We did not repeat any of them actually in today's interview. They are all different. So you have mm-hmm. not only one hour this conversation, but you have in total two hours from Jazeera to listen on the Validance Life podcast and to learn uh, from her awesome experience and to incorporate it in your training. So go check that out. I also will include links to social media your social media, as well as your projects like training wear and journal and Patreon. So all listeners, you can easily find all these links uh, in the show notes and uh, do follow, I guess, social media announcements on Instagram from Jazeera for any more upcoming new projects and uh, uh, surprises coming in this year and 2023. And, of course, don't forget about our special podcast, Gift Raffle. Screenshot this episode wherever you are listening, post it on IG stories, tag me and Jazeera. And this is all by the end of this month. And on October 1st, we'll do one gift of journal as a result of our random gift raffle. So all of you have equal choices. And also you will be... Uh, sharing the news with your friends so helping other people to discover how they can improve their training sessions too so two in one (laughs) and uh, before we close up our conversation i actually want to ask you our traditional question and i know you uh we were talking about it uh, almost five years ago in our previous interview but who knows it may have changed your answer or it may be didn't change, but new understanding of it came to you. So I'm very excited to hear your answer on what makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again. So you keep doing it for so many years. Um, I think that maybe it it will come uh, uh,
0: from today's conversation, and it will be very personal. But I think it's like the appreciation of people who are reaching to me, keeps me really motivated to uh, never stop. Like they kind of give me the proof that my work is needed. So they keep me working, like asking for classes, asking for other things. It, it is something that makes me keep going uh, creating new things and um, staying in the business for so long so yes it would be probably very connected with our today's conversation and um, i hope all my students and all my clients they will understand how uh, uh how much like i appreciate their support and trust in my work because this is thanks to them that i keep going for so long and i never get bored with belly dancing <laughs>
1: That's it for today. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and before you leave don't forget to screenshot and share it with your friends. The more people get inspired the better it is for our dance community. Until next time keep shimming and see you soon! This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends, and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes, or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for seven days for free